Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. We're good now. Take three. <laughs> Sorry, I don't understand. Whoops. I found a few boots locations near you. The first one is boots at 205. Is that Aaron's Alexa talking to your place? Stop. The second one is Shut boots up. at 47. <laughs> the third one is boots at 146. Why, why, why is this piping up? <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 44 of The Third Wheel. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Conway. And I'm your other host, Hamish. And today we're joined by Dil Shah. So, Dil, nice to meet you. Never <laughs> never met yeah. you before, really. Yeah, never before. But yeah, would you uh, like to introduce yourself a bit? Yeah, sure. So I'm Dil. I'm 21 years old. Well, actually, no shit. I'm 22. Just turned 22. <laughs> I know Hamish through Warwick and specifically through Yash. Aaron, yeah, as I said, not met before, but pleasure. And yeah, I went to, did economics at Warwick. And yeah, I'm here now. So you two met through Yash. Yash was our first guest on the podcast. How did that like come about? So yeah, I met Yash through Hindu Sok and also we went to India together. We did that project here. I don't know. I think some of the oh, okay. other guests yeah. have spoken about that. And then, yeah, I think Yash mentioned that he was going to play squash with a few people and Hamish was, was one of those. So <laughs> I went with them and yeah, it was, that's where I met him. He said that so casually, fam. He came and smacked everyone. <laughs> like, I don't even mean like a like a close game, fam. He has smacked everyone there, fam. Or we was well, this a kind of like, yeah, I've played a few times before. Oh, okay. <laughs> really, yeah, just yeah. a hidden pro. <laughs> no, I used to play in in school quite a bit. Everyone was pretty good though. Like, I think everyone like could keep a rally at least. Yeah. So that, it was good. But I think who, who else was there? I think Nish. Nish was there. Yeah, maybe Nikhil Sangani. I'm not sure who else would have been there. I think maybe Aki. Was it fourth year or third year that we played? I can't was, remember. That was a okay. good, like, at least five of us. Pretty sure. But yeah, that was that was good. I tried to go to play squash quite a bit, quite a bit at uni, but, you know, it's always quite difficult to find people to play with. I think yeah. it's quite a quite a niche niche sport. Not many, not when loads of people play it. Whereas if you have, like, football, for example, for, like, loads and loads of people play that. Oh, that's interesting because we picked it up like in second year, most of us there. So, yeah. And then we basically didn't play with a society. We just played with ourselves. Yeah. Like, so I used to always play with Sid. I think he may have been there when you played as well. Mm. But yeah, then as you say, like there's not many people that play it. So when you want to play it, you're kind of just stuck because you don't want to go squash society due to timings. Yeah. And also those guys will probably wreck you like in squash yeah. society. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can't yeah. pipe up to them and it's not the same. <laughs> you can pipe up to your mates and then ha- get something out of it. But yeah. Yeah, but I think what Dill's saying is that you don't even, you wouldn't even have the opportunity to get rude because they were just too <laughs> <laughs> They're just yeah, they'd smack you pretty much probably. But yeah, I guess we it's true what you said. Like it's quite a nice sport when you're playing with like a group of people and you know like someone hits a good shot and you just you hype them off. It's quite funny. I like it. So you said you just turned twenty two. So when do you yeah. finish uni? Or have you finished uni? Yeah, yeah, I finished uni. So graduated literally pretty much a year from, I think it'll be a year next week. So 24th, around the 24th of July. Okay, yeah. I've seen people so, posting like the yeah, yeah. Uh, one year um, today or two years today kind of yeah. stuff online. So yeah, I graduated a year ago and then was basically straight into my job pretty much after, after graduation. And you did economics? Yeah, I studied economics, three year course. I think some people did like a, a year abroad with their economics degree. And I feel like, I would have liked to do that. I think at first I was like, nah, not for me, but kind of having a, a year abroad would have been really nice. I would have liked to come back to campus in fourth year. That's what one of my mates did. 
coming back, you know, enjoying your fourth year. You guys did four year courses or? Yeah, four year. Yeah. Yeah. So I, w- I wish, I think if, if I could go back, I would do a year abroad, definitely. Anywhere in particular? Not really. I think a lot of people go to Australia and I've seen, obviously you can travel from Australia to like quite cool places that I haven't been to personally. So I think that would have been quite cool. One of my mates went to Norway, like really randomly okay. on his own. He didn't know anyone going and he kind of just wanted to go because no one else was going. <laughs> to be different. Yeah, to be different. And yeah, so that, that seems quite interesting. Maybe maybe that would have been quite a cool option. Yeah, Norway is a bit of a different one. You don't hear yeah. about people going to Europe to Norway. Or you just yeah, don't hear about people going to Norway full stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've had a few people who've done economics on the podcast. I think the general consensus was kind of like, it was great, but it didn't teach much real world economics. Is that accurate? Yeah, I would probably say say so. I don't know if I've also misquoted everyone who's been on that podcast <laughs> about economics. I don't know if real world's the right phrasing, but like all the economics they cared about, I guess that's more of a safer safer route. I guess I guess you could say it is it's a very theoretical course. Like there's loads of like models and concepts that you're like, okay, in theory that's quite cool and I get I get what's going on here, but there's a lot of like nuances or caveats that like kind of just undermine the whole thing or you're kind of told, okay, in real life it doesn't really play out. But yeah, I see that. But to be honest, I enjoyed my degree. I'd say I, I liked the stuff. I think especially in third year, you could choose, I think, pretty much all of your modules apart from your dissertation. So I like that, like you had the flexibility. Yeah. I chose like behavioral economics, which is all about a bit like psychology and economics mixed together. Really like that. It was pretty interesting. And yeah, just I like the fact that it was so flexible as a course. Yeah. So did you end up with a career in economics after or did you just go astray on it? Like what happened? So my job currently isn't, I mean, it's, it's financy. So I, I work in banking. So it's, it's kind of related, but it's, as in, I don't use pretty much any of my course, like the actual content, I guess. I guess you take the skills from your course and you apply it, but yeah, nothing to do with economics per se. It's more finance related. I think it's quite different for us as like computer science students, where I feel like the computer science degree and then the job path is very obvious almost yeah. like you have a computer science degree you become a software developer or like a software engineer or yeah a data scientist or like similar but yeah. i think for a lot of other degrees it's almost like you ask them what their degree was and you ask them what their job was and it kind of yeah. doesn't match yeah. at all yeah completely agree and there's like yeah in even in the job that i have like there are people from all different degrees all different backgrounds where like loads of history students english students engineering students which you know yeah. have nothing to do with finance or well very little but it's more that i think it's more the skills that they look for rather than what you learn because if you can apply yourself and you can pick up things like fairly quickly then i think anyone could could do it to be honest yeah was economics or like finance in general something you kind of even before uni maybe you thought that'd be something you'd be going into yeah i think from a pretty young age not not like super young but yeah i was always fairly interested in economics well like my my family like my parents and my sister all have backgrounds in in finance or economics funnily enough my sister actually did economics at warwick as well five years before me (laughs) so basically copied her and yeah i think from basically a levels early on in a levels i kind of knew this is something i'm interested in and this is what i'm gonna kind of go for 
I think that's interesting because I hear a lot of people where, you know, a lot of people kind of follow maybe what their parent does or a sibling does, but I always felt like that's something I'd never want to do. Like, even if my like dad or one of my sisters was doing, my sister's younger than me, but if I had an older sibling, yeah, yeah, if they were doing like something sick, I just would be like <laughs> so stubborn and being like, nah, I'm not doing that just because they're doing that. Is that, is that because um, you don't want to be like compared to them or is it just, oh, oh I, I don't, don't want to be copying them? I think that's maybe, maybe underlying. It <laughs> um, but it's got interesting because my sister kind of, one of my sisters in a way follows, I guess, what I do quite similar. Yeah. But yeah, that's just an interesting, but for you, was it something you thought about much? I think yes, because I guess you can kind of see, okay, like this, like someone obviously very similar to me has done this thing and this has led to this. Hmm. So you kind of become a bit more comfortable with the idea. So yeah, I think it obviously did influence me, but I said they were never like, oh, make sure you go into this. Never pushed yeah. me into it. Uh, I, had a, I had a choice, but I just thought, you know, even just like conversations at the dinner table, they'd be kind of like you know, around this sort of like certain topics or, you know, different things. So it kind of just got you thinking in that way. But yeah, I also didn't really like, there wasn't, I liked philosophy as well. So I was actually considering doing PPE. So that was definitely on the, on the cards. But then then I found out you could do philosophy modules within your economics degree. So I was like, mm, you know, I don't mind just, you know, just doing straight economics. Did you manage to do many of them? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> no. I, didn't. I didn't do any philosophy modules. I kind of just, I kind of just pursued my interest in it just by like reading outside or yeah, yeah, yeah that sort of thing. But yeah, I didn't. So did you two like meet at Hindu Sock as well then? Yeah. So yeah. Hamish, I don't know if do you recall the first time we met. I'm trying to think of like, is this or something that some interaction that happened? But do you happen to remember the word exactly the first time was? No, to be honest, to be honest, my first memory is is squash. Thank That's God. my first yeah. memory. Yeah, there's no, there's nothing. I mean, I, I, I think I saw you at the Monday RTs and stuff. Yeah. Every every now and again. Mate, I was there every week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I only came for the I only came for the RTs and then I left. I didn't. Really, I only oh, stayed okay. if someone like you know Yash Nish or someone came to do a talk. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. there unless I found the talk really interesting. What's RT for those who don't know? And yeah, me. It's a good idea. It's it's like prayer. It's like veneration. I think that's the correct translation. Veneration. What's that? Veneration of God. I don't know. Ceremony. Like okay. I uh, I wouldn't know what to. Uh, to be honest, I'm 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 not Hindu myself, and I don't really I don't follow it. I don't know a lot about it. But yeah, I think it's just yeah, like a prayer, or you go there, you kind of. I guess you could say it's kind of spiritual. You kind of sing with other people. So this was every Monday they had it. I think it's been a thing, a tradition at Warwick. So every Monday, the Hindu sock, they have that. And then they, after they have like a talk, so there'll be someone that will come in and talk about quite interesting stuff, like, you know, philosophical thoughts or what does Hinduism think about that? Or, you know, and it's quite good in terms of it brings in a lot of different views and people can just kind of say what they think. And a lot of the time you have people from other societies coming in and talking about, so that sometimes we have like Christian sock or whatever they're called, um, they come in and give their views on specific topics. So it's more like a discussion slash debate. So it's pretty interesting. So you're not actually Hindu? No, I'm not Hindu. I wouldn't say I'm religious, to be honest. So yeah. my my parents, my family and like my background is I'm Jain. don't know if you've heard of that. Jain, J-A-I-N. Uh, yeah. I've heard of it, but that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> I would kind of describe it as a bit like Hinduism and a bit like Buddhism. So it's more considered to be a way of life than a religion. And I think, I think it's fair to say the key principle 
of Jainism is, is non-violence. So it's something called ahimsa. And essentially, it's just trying to reduce your harm to all things, no, how, no matter how big or small they are. So you typically find a lot of Jains are vegan or vegetarian. They're really, really strict, like Jain monks. They wouldn't, you know, in, in India, you have like monsoon season mm-hmm. where it rains a lot. So the really, really strict Jains would restrict themselves moving around a lot when it's raining because they think that something like the particles or something in the water, like if you go out and you step on it, then you're causing harm, unnecessary harm to these beings in the water. So they're really mm-hmm. like, they think, you know, they try and limit as much as possible. But yeah, I wouldn't say like, I don't, obviously I practice nonviolence as as most people do, but I wouldn't say like I'm a, a very religious person. I don't pray, I don't go to temple or anything are you veg or vegan then or uh, did you branch out when you stopped believing also so i'm vegan okay so i was i was veg before basically before uni i was veg and then i turned vegan at the beginning of uni and yeah have have been vegan since then that's mad i was always curious to ask you like if you've been veg slash vegan your whole life have you ever been curious to try what i guess you know like the, the obvious chicken is like or have you ever tried it like I've never actually tried it no, like knowingly. Maybe as oh, okay. a kid, I, I feel like maybe, you know, you have like yeah. kids parties and they have like chicken nuggets and maybe I, I had it then. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but no, I've never, I've never tried it. I am curious as in, because mm-hmm. everyone, whenever anyone hears, oh, you're vegan, you're like, oh my God, you haven't had chicken. Like yeah. you're missing out. And it's like, okay, you're, no, like, you're surely, not. Yeah, you don't I don't think, think you're. Basically, like if you want to know what it tastes like, just get the corn version of it. Genuinely, that it tastes like that. It genuinely tastes like that. Really? Aaron, would you agree with that? Aaron, I know he has to agree with it because yeah, basically I gave him a tofu <laughs> version or something and he thought it was chicken. Mate, I, I, I think everything's chicken, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you give me anything, I'll be like, it tastes like chicken. I, I think there is a difference. Yeah. But I don't think the difference is like as monumental as people make out. Yeah, if you're a foodie, you'll notice the difference because you care about the taste. But otherwise, you don't really care in my opinion like it, it tastes good both of them taste good like the especially now like especially in the last few years like i don't know the, some of like the beyond meat stuff i've tasted and vegan burgers and all they they taste good like i'm not there is a difference but yeah okay so you you would be able to tell if, if they gave you like oh I, I don't a blind taste test aaron couldn't I, I think maybe i could get a bit right i wouldn't get a hundred percent i might scrape a two one <laughs> but Right, yeah, that comp- I'm gonna. Tr- this is an idea for a future episode. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know how we're gonna get video. We're gonna have to start doing video for. <laughs> well, Hamish, you think you would be able to? Well, I think I could do better than you. Okay, yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> that's, was, that's the only thing. I was listening to one of your one of your episodes, and I, I heard about the ketchup taste. <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. I was hoping Hamish <laughs> was gonna be like, yeah, I'd get 100, percent and I was gonna bring that. Up. <laughs> No, so, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say 100%. Because, you know, when you're blindfolded, it's actually like, then you're also dealing with Aaron, people like Aaron playing mind games. Like, because Aaron could be <laughs> sitting there like, now nah, I'm going to purposely give him three in a row of non Heinz ketchup or something, you know, just to mess with him, yeah. But then when you're like blinded or you like deafen yourself or something, you're supposed to heighten all the other senses, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it should improve your taste buds <laughs> if you can't like see, yeah, theoretically. Like- yeah, yeah, theoretically. But then the pressure gets to you when you're in that situation. You doubt yourself. It's like the trick questions, you know, like when you're doing multiple choice and then you doubt yourself. Like it just, it happens like in real life when you're blindfolded doing it. So, but like genuinely you're not missing out because like I pretty much now barely eat chicken. Like I'd only eat it if I had to go Nando's. 
and that's how I push. Like I'll still get the veggie option if I had to, you know. But if I go out, I usually look for the vegan option and see what they're offering. Because I feel like those are just lit and obviously society hates it because of the vegan, the pro-vegan pushes, whatever yeah, they are. Yeah. But genuinely, like vegan food is actually lit. So like I don't, for example, like I switched to cashew milk at uni. Never switch back. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't like normal milk anymore. I can't drink it. I don't know if that's the same as comparing like... No, but like, for example, the vegan alternative to, or the veg alternative to, okay. for example, milk, like, I just think it's genuinely better. Like, it's actually probably more environmentally friendly and all that stuff as well, if you think about it. But it's more expensive. That's, that is one issue with it. But mm. I genuinely think vegan food is probably better than non-vegan or non-veg. That's, that's the first time anyone's ever, well, yeah. any meat eater. When you say meat eater, like, that's probably a push for me. Okay. I would say like chicken is the only thing I would, but like even then, if I had yeah. the choice for a nice vegan dish like falafel or something, yeah. it's falafel. I'd say if if tomorrow you had chicken or something, I don't think you'd be like, oh my god, this is so good. I wish I I missed out on it all all this time yeah. or something. Yeah. You'd probably be I like, oh, this is really good. But so you said you start, you were vegetarian, yeah, and then before uni or during uni, you became vegan. Yeah, so I was veggie up until basically the summer between A-levels and uni, so A2 and uni, that summer. And then I was always like a very, like, uh, like very passionate vegetarian, I'd say. Like, I'd always, like, you know, I'd always question it and I would always speak to, like, my friends that ate meat and I was like, oh, do you not, you know? I was just always to ask them questions. And then it was kind of made clear to me that, you know, vegan is actually... I didn't really understand why people were vegan. I didn't really... Like, I thought, you know, I'm doing... I'm being veggie. I'm kind of doing enough. I'm, I'm, I'm mm. doing my part. And then I spoke to a few people and I did some some research of my own and watched a couple of documentaries and stuff. And yeah, just found out more about, I don't know, the ins and outs of the dairy industry specifically and how it's a bit messed up, to be honest, I would, I would say how things are, how milk is procured. It's, it's a bit scary. Yeah. So then I kind of like, I just like, okay, I don't want to be contributing to this. Even if, you know, my own consumption isn't going to make much of a difference, I, I personally don't, just don't want to contribute to it. So then I was like, okay, let me just, as soon as I get to uni, be vegan. I'm cooking my own food anyway. Yeah. It's, it'll be fine for me to do it. And yeah, it worked, it worked well. I don't think it was that difficult. I cooked, I feel like I cooked quite good food, quite healthy food generally. And yeah, I just felt better. I felt more fresh and I'm, I'm sure people have heard it before, felt healthier and yeah, never looked back to be honest. See, those documentaries, dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think Yash, yeah. Yash yeah. became vegan, like, I think when we were living together in fourth year. I'm not sure. Yeah. It might have been before that. But he was saying he watched like a video and it made him feel so bad. And I know if I watch one of those, I'm going to feel so guilty. Right. And I don't think I can, I don't know. I'm a meat eater. So like, like yeah. I know six out of seven days a week, I'm probably eating at least one meal, which has meat in it of some sort. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So like I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I already yeah. know I know I'm gonna feel guilty if I watch one. <laughs> yeah. So you'd rather just kind Which... of like But then that's also it. bad. I know that's bad. No, like, you know I should... what's worse actually? I'm gonna we were walking past so we were in like South London going to our mate's house to I guess record. So you're walking past the butcher swap. So I actually for I guess similar reasons which I learned in year eight, and since I was young, I just never liked looking at the raw version of meat or whatever. So I pretty much avoided it. I didn't like the smell of it, the butcher shops or anything. So I'd always avoid it or not breathe in during it. I remember then one time we were walking and Aaron's just like, don't you just love the smell of a rules butcher shop? I was like, are you a sickle fam? Okay, I, I, don't, I don't know if we're going to leave this in because that just makes it sound like a weirdo. But like, I just... 
I don't know. It's just, yeah, you have I, to leave it in. <laughs> it's just, it's just something. I don't know if I was like, "Don't you love the smell of that?" It was more like, "I don't, I don't, I quite like the smell of it. I think it smells yeah. like just as a scent, like not, not like obviously what they're it's dead animals and all that's a bit shit. Like it's not yeah. all that, but I don't know. Right. I just, I, I don't know. I just liked the, the smell, smell of it. it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, like I, don't I don't like the smell. I also don't like looking at it. if I like because. At most, I would basically, if I was to, I would have chicken four times a week, like four days out of seven. But mm. like, I if I see it raw, I probably can't eat it for like a week or two or anything. So that's why mm. I also know that because in year eight, it was basically a Gujarati teacher that was like telling us about all the other additional stuff on top of my guilt already. It just made it worse. So I know that's why I don't watch the documentaries, but I know if Aaron watched it, I don't think, as he said, like the documentaries is basically a downward slope for anyone who enjoys it a lot. But yeah, to be honest, yeah, if when I inevitably move out, I think I'll turn probably veg or vegan because I w- I would never cook it myself. So this mm. I've never like you know maybe at most it'd be a takeaway. So are your parents meat eaters no. as well? Oh yeah. no, well so okay, so yeah, they are because they grew up on an island where fish was basically the primary food. They basically they have fish nearly every day. At least it's, if it's not fish, it's going to be chicken. But yeah, for me, I'm just like I pretty much hate fish. Like I have a few exceptions to it, but. Mm. I'm just pretty much like you won't see me like one of the exceptions was when we used to do fish and chips Fridays at uni but yeah <laughs> that was that was it like yeah yeah I think uni would have also been like a good I don't know if it's for the same reason but like for me changing my eating habits would just also be like a family inconvenience thing as well because mm-hmm. we like eat as a family here we're all meat eaters so yeah. if I went vegan then or vegetarian I'd then change It'd either be that I'd then have to start doing my own stuff or everyone would then become vegetarian or something, which I don't actually think my mom would mind too much. I think she's trying to push us to have a few more vegetarian meals a week. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's something that's crossed my mind, but the same way... Not on the cards at the moment. The same way I'm like, should I get a haircut? Crossing my mind. <laughs> like the same, it's, there's not, not any uh, like real substance to it. I might try it for like a period. I think you should, Aaron. Like genuinely, if you try it for at least a month, you'll get past the craving and then you'll enjoy it. I don't think it'd be hard in terms of, like, even if you had to cook your own food, I don't think yes, it's not tough. Maybe like you can just look up ideas online and stuff. There's obviously yeah, yeah. ideas, but I think it's just, for me, it was more like I was very motivated to do it because I watched these videos. I kind of understood like, oh shit, like, this is really bad. And like, for me, I can't do one thing and feel one way and then act another way. You got yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if I felt guilty, I would try and kind of act on it. Yeah. See, the thing is as well, though, my go-to thing is a burger. Burger and chips. That's my, like, go-to. <laughs> that's, like, my favorite thing. So it's a struggle. Mean, but then there's loads, of, there's loads of vegan burgers I've had and yeah. stuff like that, which tastes great as well. So Do you, do you like them? Do you like the vegan stuff? The vegan yeah, yeah I, I like them. Yeah. I, I personally don't like them. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. How come? Because not, you're not, like, comparing it, I guess, to the meat one. Yeah. I just... Like, for example, the Beyond Meat, obviously, it's very popular. And I think in America, like, it's it's a big thing and whatever. I don't know. It just doesn't... I feel like it tastes very processed. And obviously, it is very processed. But you can taste... I don't know what it actually tastes of. It doesn't appeal to me a lot. I'm not a big junk food fan anyway. I feel, like, quite lazy after having junk food. And I don't like that. So, oh, yeah, yeah t- I tend to, to steer clear of, of it generally. Yeah, I do too. But I just <laughs> still do it. <laughs> I really need to stop. But. Yeah, did you have food from the library cafe at Warwick? Like, did you have the veg slash vegan options there? Like the falafel? And I'm specifically referring to the falafel burger and falafel wrap. No, I don't think I ever tried it from there. Uh, no. I think those were quite fresh, like compared mm. to 
a lot of other stuff you'll get even around London and they were actually pretty yeah. good like I'd, even though it was the only food option yeah apart from that it was still like if that was there I'd pick it over whatever else was there or mm. I'd pick it over going to like Subway or some shit mm. so I definitely recommend I don't know if one day you go back and Library Cafe yeah. is open and it has the falafel stuff you gotta yeah, try it I'll, I think I'll give it a try yes was there anything from when you're vegetarian that you miss having that you can't now you're a vegan I do miss cheese. I, I do miss it because mm. I think for me with, with cheese, there is literally no good alternative yet. With everything else, I think there's a pretty good alternative or if not better. So for example, milk, I sub out for whatever, soy milk or oat milk or butter. There's like vegan butters and stuff. But with cheese, although there are a lot out there, vegan ones, they just don't taste good. They taste very rubbery or plasticky i don't know it's they just don't taste good so that's definitely the one thing i would say i miss but again it's not like oh i can't live without it i just kind of carry on and accept that i'm not gonna get good cheese but yeah what what are the main arguments against going vegan is it like the the nutrients and stuff like that protein and yeah i think most people would look at it and say okay you're not getting a very nutritious diet in terms of you may not be getting enough protein in your diet because obviously a lot of you like obviously meat is a big source of protein in specific like fish and chicken so i think that's a big one that people usually usually say but then i i would you know i would argue that if you if you actually plan your diet and you look at what you eat and you can actually you probably could on a vegan diet you know come to the same amount of protein intake that you get so i think mm-hmm. it's probably true that it, there's less protein but you can definitely find ways to incorporate more yeah i don't know other i think most people are just like i can't really be asked or i don't really care which I can't really, can't really say much about. Like, mm. I can't force you to care. <laughs> yeah, that, that, I think they're the main one. Yeah, main yeah. Reason. yeah. I only asked about the like if you were Hindu because I checked your LinkedIn before, but you were a coordinator <laughs> of in. Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. and just going to Hindu stock in general. So like, I'm not Hindu either, so I didn't really go. I might. Have, I remember going one time in particular because Yash gave one of the talks. Oh yeah, yeah. But like, how come that was something you went to, and then also like got involved enough to beyond like the exec yeah so in, in first year i went to them in the in the careers fair uh, no not careers fair the you know they have like the societies fair where mm-hmm. all the all the societies come together and jiten was there so he was okay. he was the president in my first year and you know he was very very welcoming in and obviously jiten being the nice guy he is came over spotted the brown guy and was like oh come and join come and join <laughs> Hind- hindi sock <laughs> networking <laughs> gave me some free food and stuff and yeah, from I know also I'd already be like before I'd been told like oh you should try it like try it out. So yeah, I tried it out. I uh, went to the first few of the events. I think I let I met a lot of my friends through this or through people that have gone to Hindu Sock. So you know a lot of my friends went there. So it was kind of a thing that we all did uh, on a Monday slash whatever events there were. And then I was actually a fresher rep, so you had to apply, do like a little mini interview. So I did that, and then was chosen to be one of the fresh reps so that was kind of like a in my first year that was a way for me to see what it'd be like to be on the on the committee or whatever they call exec then the next year when it came to elections i went for seva which which means service so and by that it means charity so charity coordinator of the hindu sock so i applied for that and yeah that was my role for the year what kind of things do you do as like a sewer? I, I I heard a sewer. I think during uni was the first time. I think Liana was. Yeah. Yeah, sewer, Liana was, was before me. So this is, I mean, I guess what you're meant to do is, you know, set up 
charity events or run various, yeah, just events or talk, run talks or whatever, um, just to raise awareness about charity or just, yeah, promote charity generally. So I think we did a lot of work with Project Care generally. Mm-hmm. So Project Care is the initiative where a group from Warwick and a group from Nottingham are sent to two different parts of India to go volunteer in various schools, which is how I met Yash. But yeah, so we did work with them. But I think one thing I would say is I don't think I did a lot as a as someone from the exec. I think being doing second year economics was a big, big pressure, I think, because it's mm. in second year economics, that's 50% of your degree. Um, okay. So 50-50 yeah. over second and third year. So I, I think that kind of scared me a bit because I was like, okay, I need to you know do well this year so that I can be more comfortable next year. So I think I allocated a lot of time towards my degree. We had tests, like we had like three tests every term at the end of every term. And then on top of that, you have like loads of assignments and and whatever. So it was a pretty hard year. I'd say it was the hardest academic year. So I wasn't, I don't think I was able to to do the, the role justice, I think. So I think if I went back, I probably wouldn't have done it just because I couldn't have done it. I didn't do it to the best of of what I could give. But yeah, that was my experience with with it. Yeah, but it seems like you've done quite a lot of volunteering and charity work, like right from school, really. I think charity for me has been quite a big part of my life generally. So yeah, back in, I think 2014, I went to Eldoret, which is a town in Kenya. I I think it's a village. And I, I volunteered there for like a week or so at like an orphanage for children who had been like addicted to, to glue, you know, like you can get addicted to like, there's, yeah. there's a, I think they call it glue. So these are kids obviously don't have parents and it was quite sad just to, just to go. But so yeah, I volunteered there for a week, just teaching uh, math and English. And then obviously I did project care. And then again, I did, so I'm part of an organization called Shishikunj. So this is something I'd been involved in from when I was really young. And it's like a, it's like a youth organization and the ethos is it's led by the young and for the young. So people around the age, once you hit the age of around 14, you start kind of building and building your leadership skills and you're kind of teaching the younger kids, okay, this is how things are or whatever. Mm-hmm. So through that, that is actually a charity. And through that, I've done numerous events. We went to India once and we set up a medical camp for the villagers, for the local like locals okay awesome yeah to get tested or whatever i quite enjoy it as well just kind of helping other people people that are less less fortunate than me and it's it's been a thought that i've had from quite young i'd say any of the stuff you're doing like now as well or is work kind of yeah that's the thing i work i'd say quite a demanding job in terms of hours so you know i'm usually not finishing until nine ten in the evening earliest i'd say um and then weekends sometimes have to work the weekends so i'd say it's quite demanding and takes up a lot of of time so i guess at the moment i've haven't had enough you know yeah enough free freedom to be able to do it but yeah i it's something i've been thinking about and you know i i usually i prefer to do something rather than just give money i'd still happily donate but i don't know i'd feel like doing something is more meaningful in, in a lot of ways we need to probably do some charity as third wheel hosts because we don't do enough, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it's tough because that was actually one of my New Year resolutions like or New Year goals or something like that, like to do something for charity this year. 
but yeah, I think just time with work and then time with the podcast as well, it makes it hard to actually like do something yeah. like active other than just mm-hmm. like donating money or something. Yeah. I just do the cop out. I kind of just donate and then I think that's the cop out with our schedules. But one day. I think you're right though. I would rather do something yeah. then. I definitely prefer to do something than yeah. to just, I'm not saying this if like I don't want to give money or anything, but. Yeah, yeah. I do think that it's probably more rewarding or it feels more rewarding than you just like going on PayPal and sending some money. Yeah, it's true. I, I listened to, to Yash's episode and he was talking about how he just you know, sat and spoke to homeless people. Mm. Or that sort of thing is just like, it may not, you know, it may not seem like a big thing to you. It's literally like 15 minutes or whatever out of your day, but it might just mean a lot more for them. Or yeah, I guess what he was saying was quite like, I agree with it quite a lot. And I think we think very similarly in that way yeah i think for me the the sort of the need or want to do it it comes from quite early because so basically my my parents are from they were born in kenya and obviously i've indian indian heritage so when i was younger we used to visit those two countries specifically and then you kind of you're visiting your family who are probably fairly well off compared to, to the locals yeah but then when you go out into the you see the locals and you drive around you just see like that, you know, they, they have very little compared to you and yet they're still, you know, getting on with things. And, you know, people, people here, they'll complain about silly things and just things that don't really occur to other, to these people, like the locals. So I don't know from that, it's just like, how, how have I been so lucky to be in, in a fairly like good predicament? Whereas loads of these people like living in slums or not having, basic access to to clean water whatever it is it's just it's just a bit crazy to be honest i think the world is how how is that constructed in the world how is that possible yeah i agree i I think i was too young each time i've Mm. been to india to like kind of Mm. acknowledge that but i certainly do think if i went now i'd it'd be definitely a lot more hard hitting yeah and speaking of yash's episode i actually i play that back a bit of it back like i think this week actually and i was just listening to it and i was cringing at like how i don't, I don't think we're like professionals at this or anything the podcast stuff but i was just yeah. like god we were bad <laughs> like it was just like really awkward and maybe even the quality wasn't even as good that's probably pretty good and you, you covered a like a, a large yeah, breadth yeah. of topics and i think that was that was pretty cool and his was a quite a short episode as well um, yeah, in comparison exactly. to some others you know when you actually messaged me saying yeah i just started listening to yasha's episode yeah because it's obviously yeah. been so long for us i was just like oh no he's gonna think of us as these shit podcasters or so whenever someone <laughs> messaged me saying that i started listening from yasha's and i'm like yeah oh no <laughs> i worry because i'm like like you could tell the audio differences from episode i guess after 10 mm. you could probably tell that we got our shit in order until i guess remote recordings yeah. which is recent but like it's one of those things when you look back it's like I don't want people to judge us based on the first 10 episodes, like when we are testing audio stuff and whatnot, and then not listen to the rest because the rest are better than probably like the, in terms of quality, mm. like audio quality, it's corrected after episode 10, I'd say. But, but I think, that- I think it's, it's good that Yash went like, his episode was like specific, like the content wise yeah. was, yeah. was very good. So I feel like it, even if the quality of the, whatever recording was mm. compromised, you, it kind of made up for it because he's obviously a very interesting person. I'd say. Yeah. yeah. And I think at the time though, as well, we thought the quality was good. Like the audio quality was <laughs> like, it's still good, but it's not, we've learned better ways to do it, I guess. You, you've got a mic now. Yeah. You're so, using. yeah, I was going to say, while we're on this topic. So yeah. So a couple of, 
my other mates from from Warwick as well. We have also been thinking of of starting up a podcast, competing one. So Ooh. came to suss out the competition. <laughs> We're gonna have to cut this bit out. <laughs> 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 uh, little little shout out for no I'm joking. <laughs> no, go go for it. What what? Uh... No, yeah, go well, no, no, we haven't we haven't established ourselves. We, we're still getting our our shit together, so I won't I won't say say too much. But yeah, no, I think definitely inspired by by you guys. When I first started listening to Yash's one, my friend, the one that went to Norway, actually, he was like, oh, you know, like these guys. Did you hear like Hamish and Aaron? Like they released. I was like, no, I've never never even Wait, saw it. That? And I was like. <laughs> Do you know Rishab Hamish? Oh yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, so he he was like, oh yeah, these two guys, and I was like, okay, let me have a listen. And obviously, the first one was Yash, so I I know Yash, so I was like, okay, yeah. And then yeah, just just listened, and I thought, okay, this is this is a good idea. I like it. And uh, wait, so Rishab was the guy that went Norway? Yeah, yeah, he went to, he went to Norway <laughs> for for a year for his year abroad. Oh fair. Oh, that's mad. But yeah, that's why I bought the the tech. Hopefully, we actually do the podcast so it was worth yeah. my my expense. <laughs> it, it'll be worth it. Yeah. One one of one piece of advice we always give is just don't do it at the frequency we do it at because maintaining this is an absolute bitch. Like we will, yeah, we, we get on with it, but recently we've been cutting it quite close, and obviously that's due to work and everything. Remote yeah. recordings are being a bit more of a hassle, but. Yeah, just maybe don't do it every week unless you don't have got your shit like properly unlocked because unless you're happy to miss weeks. Yeah, like for us, we just don't want to miss a week at this point. So we're just going to nonstop yeah. go. But yes. Yeah, no, I don't think we'll be doing it a weekly thing, but I think we'll, we, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if we can actually get one done and see how easy it was. But yeah, as in, obviously you guys, I'm sure you're more technically abled. We're, we're all non, <laughs> we're not very, you know, proficient in all of that, but I guess we'll figure out. Yeah, it's it's not it's not like anything rocket science really. Yeah. Like you can yeah. do it from your phone if you really wanted to. I've I've had so many people like message me since we started about like hey, I've also thought about starting a podcast, like how'd yeah. you do this, how'd you do that? I think it's yeah. I think it's something that really like a lot of people are I guess jumping onto. Yeah, go I was on. gonna say, do you know that meme when absolutely no one asks you um something and then Aaron's like, Oh, I've had so many people message me about <laughs> No, no, no. I well I can't like call out names, flex. but when I say so many people, I mean like five. <laughs> but that's a lot. I saw your blog. I, I saw you wrote a blog on it. So oh, yeah, that, yeah. that was quite useful. Yeah, I think once you get one out of the way, or like maybe like a few, a few out of the way, then it yeah. just becomes kind yeah. of like maybe routine and you start slipping, slipping into it. Yeah. Any ideas you can share? It's going to be like a, a discussion-y one. So yeah. we'll have like a, a topic or a, yeah, just like a, an idea that we're going to kind of introduce in the beginning. And then, yeah, kind of just give it all of our discussion on it. Obviously, we kind of want to throw in a twist of some sort to make it a bit more a bit more interesting. But we've been calling for a bit recently to kind of get it off. All right, yeah. Get it off the ground. So, yeah. We'll be hopefully promoting soon, maybe. Yeah. If you ever need any hints, episode 18, there's been a, oh, yeah. another couple, another articles are written. So obviously got to shout out everything with the modern influencer that in case you want to use it to get rolling with the software and everything we use. And also, yeah. wait, shout out to Rishav, yeah, just promoting us. Yeah, I didn't know that people were just promoting <laughs> us. So yeah, shout, shout, shout out to him for promoting us. <laughs> yeah. Is it is it just kind of something you thought of for a while? Like, doing a podcast not specifically a podcast in terms of like i think for the three people that me and my two other mates we like just having these sort of conversations anyway mm-hmm. and we thought you know why not just 
like even if no one listens even if yeah. it's just there for us to listen to and think oh yeah like that was quite fun that was an enjoyable conversation like I wouldn't that would be great like seriously just having it there so yeah it's, it hasn't been like a long term thing I think definitely like COVID has like given that you're not allowed to well you're not hmm. as much freedom to see your mates and stuff and it's harder to have these conversations I guess having a podcast kind of promotes it and eases it along yeah i think that's an important thing what you said like just doing it for like the fun of it and not yeah. really kind of worrying about if people are listening to it or how many people listen to it or if you can get yeah. money from it or sponsors and stuff like that yeah because if you're just doing it for the fun at the beginning then you're in kind of like a no-lose yeah, situation exactly. really like if money does come from it if listeners do come from it that's just positive are you planning on having like is your format going to be with guests or is it just you three all the time I think unlikely to be with guests, maybe like a, a few special, yeah. special appearances, but maybe four people might be a bit too much. Maybe I, I'm not sure, but the, t- the other podcasts I tend to listen to don't have more than three yeah. generally. And I'm, I'm just saying third wheel, three people discussing something, you know, we might have to make sure, sue these lot and make sure they fall under the third wheel umbrella or something in the future. <laughs> <laughs> gonna buy, buy us out once we're you should have slid it into idiot. the contract tavish <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be on own you know <laughs> uh but no that's that's cool yeah let us know when when i'm oh, i mean i'm sure we'll we'll see it so yeah. and we'll yeah. promote it as well yeah watch watch this space so earlier we did speak about how you saw the differences in growing up or like differences environment in kenya when you went to visit and so I assume that must have been quite I guess as you mentioned quite different from what it's like for your current living arrangement so I guess it would have also translated to you having a very different growing up situation to them so yeah as I said I, I felt quite strongly about how fortunate I have been in my you know upbringing and the things that I've had available to me and people in other countries and even comparing to people in the UK I don't think I've been I think I've been very fortunate in terms of how I've been brought up as an example I went I went to a good school it's a private school it's in Croydon which is where I'm from it's called Whitgift yeah yeah it was a great I really enjoyed like my time at school and I think not many people would have would be able to say they had the same opportunities that were presented to me over my yeah schooling life so yeah I, I feel very privileged and I th- I'm very appreciative of it, I think. So yeah, it was a fee-paying school. And I think there's actually, so I think what I've, what I've been told is there are, there are kind of four four types of schools. So you have a state school, mm-hmm. so comprehensive state school. You have a grammar school. So those are both you know, government, state kind of owned or run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you have independent schools or private schools. So they're yeah fee-paying. And then confusingly, there's something called a public school. So although it's it's actually it's basically super private, but I don't know why they call school. it public school. Yeah, they call it public school, which is yeah really confusing. There's like a group of public schools which are like the most private school you can get. So things like Eton, Harrow, hmm. uh, Westminster, those are all public. If I think I looked it up once, it's very very confusing. I don't know why they've done. Yeah, done public that, but... such a weird name to call it. Yeah. I thought public yeah. was state school. I thought that was like yeah, yeah. that's what. That's what I I thought before, but I I think I read somewhere maybe maybe it's inaccurate, but it's like a group, it's like a federation of schools that call themselves okay. public schools. Yeah, they kind of taught us in school that so public school were the private ones, but it was basically I guess all the fee paying ones fell under the same umbrella. Then there was grammar ones. Okay, and so even if there was a grammar private one, it would be like or a grammar public one, it would be the same thing. I didn't 
I didn't realize that there was actually four distinctions. That's just what happens if you listen to the education system all the way through, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then there were state ones, obviously. Well, how was your like private school experience? Because it's like quite a, I don't know if controversial is the right word, but I, th- I know there's been like a lot of discussions about abolishing private school and you've got a lot of people thinking that you shouldn't be paying and just stuff like that. How was your experience with all of it? Yeah, so as, as I said, I, I did enjoy it. I the you know outside of academia like my school had a lot of great great facilities in terms of sports or you know music and drama had pretty good good stuff and then obviously with academia I feel like not everyone but most people enjoyed what they were doing as as a whole I'd say people you know the teachers were pretty good overall a lot of them came from like you know top unis so they were probably some of the like really knowledgeable teachers and yeah, I did. I did enjoy it. Obviously, the sort of people you have there, there's a big mix. I think there are obviously a lot of people that were from very, very you know, well-off backgrounds, and yeah. you could tell that they were, and they kind of acted like they were. But then there were also kind of normal people that just yeah, like people that you can easily talk to, and people that you you can kind of get on with just as as normal school. So that I think that's a good summary of my experience at school. So like the money that money that's paid for the like education where's that going to is that like the quality of teaching or like the facilities at the school yeah i think it's i think it's a bit of everything so i mean we, yeah the facilities probably cost a lot to to have in the first place and then to maintain and we had like to be fair we had ridiculous things in our school so we had like a zoo a zoo um, what yeah we had a zoo basically it was like a, yeah it was like an encaged little it's like a, there was like a pond and so there was like flamingos in there. There was tortoises. There flamingos. was wallabies. Oh, flamingos, that's mad. Our school was famous for peacocks. At one point they had llamas. So right. there was like a zoo in our school, which is, yeah, obviously ridiculous. Like who needs this? Like who yeah. needs that? We, did, we weren't even allowed in there. Like there was literally no reason for it. So was it just for there. show? It wasn't even like for an educational purpose? Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes they let, certain students in if they are maybe if they were studying a specific something like biology or they were looking at ecosystems or whatever but yeah generally like you were told never to go in or like, it was obviously all locked up but i thought you were going to say punishment there some students were able to go in <laughs> to be punished like stuck in with a flamingo <laughs> just chuck them in with the with the wallabies yeah so yeah we had ridiculous things and things that no school ever needs <laughs> but you know we also had like pretty cool things and Things that I yeah, really, really enjoyed making use of, to be honest. I was going to ask you, like, well, I've never gone around a private school, but I don't know, have you ever gone around a, like a state school? Like to see the difference and do you know, what are the differences you would notice, if any? I don't think, I don't know if you would have, but. So as I said, I used to go to like, on, on the weekend, I used to go to like a youth club kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was at like a state school in, in Croydon as well. I think the main difference is, is that I think in the, in the state school, it looked quite a lot older. So everything looked quite, you know, old mm, and yeah. like from way back, like, whereas in, in my, although everything was like kind of old, they always had something new, like kind of like Warwick, you know how in Warwick, every, there's always something new being built and it looks, with that, it looks kind of modern. It was kind of the same with, with our school. I think a lot of state schools are different as well. I'd imagine my state school is very different to yours, Hamish. I mean, yeah, I just don't know what to kind of go by because I haven't really been to other ones. So I don't, I don't know. All I can do is base it off the news. Did you have a swimming pool, Hamish? What? what, what you had a swimming pool in your I school? I had a swimming pool, yeah. What the fuck? 
I don't think any of the schools nearby have a swimming pool. But that was for like pee and stuff like that. Bro, no. <laughs> they actually had to, they had a, like some sort of deal with like Vale Farm Sports Center. Where oh, yeah, yeah. that's where they were meant to go teach. We were pretty into our sports as well. So we had like, yeah, swimming pool, gym, big rugby fields. Yeah, we didn't have proper rugby fields or anything. Like I re- think there was like one that was shared with the primary school that I went to mm. for the football. And you could you could do rugby on that. But otherwise, they would make you play on this thing called One Tree Hill. And basically, just imagine this massive like hilly park. It's still it's a public park. So there'll be still the public going through. And if you're doing the rugby or the javelin drills, you'd be doing it there because there's nowhere else for you to do it. Yeah, and I remember it's just the muddiest place ever. Yeah, I think I think my school was probably facilities wise, it could have been a private school, but it just well, yeah. wasn't. Mm. I think my school looks better now, to be honest. Like, if you look at at least, so my secondary school is split up into two parts. Year seven, eight, nine usually are meant to be at the lower site, so near the train station. But they re- they finally, I guess, got funding and they rebuilt it recently, so it's like a brand new building. Whereas we, when we were in school constantly on the news like every time they did the budget cut it knocked our school further back from getting the money it needed to repair itself so you just mm. see it coming up on bbc like every now and then saying the school's practically falling apart these kids are studying here so out because obviously they were appealing to get the money so the, mm. but the new lower site does look good it's just that every time i go past it now it's just like raw why couldn't i go to that like you know how sick that is <laughs> my imagination of a private school is basically warwick but like compressed like squashed together if that makes sense that's what i imagine yeah. it to be like yeah i would say in in terms of facilities that you have like it's yeah it's like a mini campus i would say yeah yeah you have like all of this the fields the buildings the shops and yeah i'd I say that's fair it's probably quite a hard question to answer but like do you think that the money was worth it so like say you're older would you send like your kids to a private school yeah that's that's a good question Surely you, you would. Yeah. So this is what me and my other, like the people that I might start the podcast with, this is what we were actually talking about recently. I think say, you know, money wasn't an issue first, but like, to answer your, would you send your kids yeah, to yeah. private school question? Yeah. If money wasn't an issue, I probably would. Like there are loads of good, you know, state grammar schools, which, you know, I would have no problem sending my kids to. Mm-hmm. Obviously it depends on the area you live in and what's most feasible. But I think I would say you get a lot of opportunities which you may not get in a in a state school. So in that way, I, you know, if you want to be providing the best you can for your kid, I feel like private school could be the the best option. I agree with you though. To be honest, would you both send your kids to private schools if you could? Yeah, yeah because obviously in the state school I grew up, if I'm using that as an example and my only example, then there's yeah. no way I would want them to, as you said, like if you could afford it. Either that or it would be have to be, go to like a really nice grammar school somewhere and we'll just move there. But realistically, it makes a difference. You know, like education makes it like from my school, not a lot of us made it into Russell Group universities. Mm. So like by not a lot, I mean like probably 20, maybe maybe 30 at a push. And so I was just like, I'd rather have them a chance that like gives a really good shot. So like how many people out of your private school, if you know the percentage, ended up at like Warwick or like decent unis? Assuming they wanted to carry on education. This is on that assumption. I don't, I don't know the percentage, but I'd say the majority of people ended up at the uni that they wanted to go to. See, that's the thing. Like, I think I'd rather let them go through that. And I know that they're going to get a quality education because when you're paying for it, like, you're not just paying for them to just go faff around anyways. Like, you, the, the teachers are going to have to do something if they step out of line. Yeah. So I think based on the success rate of private school, probably, I need to double check these. I don't have the statistics, but 
I'd assume that a private school is most likely going to have better statistics of success for the child, depending on what they, they want to do, obviously. So yeah, like it's at least from what I've seen, like basically a lot of my friends, they've they've gone to private school one one way or the other, like um, that I met through uni. And it's not like a dig at them. It's like, I'd rather have them go through that experience than what I experienced. Mm. It's just my logic. But Hamish, your kids will know you have money then. Isn't that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to carry on this joke. Do I need to? <laughs> uh, I don't like deal with those a joke. But, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, basically, um, there's a scenario. How many episodes ago was it? It was Noreen's episode. It was like, would you have your kids grow up how I did? And so in the struggle so that they know how to like, they're desperate to make it or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Would you have them like grow up like in a, like going to a nice private school, etc., so they don't turn out like you know, like the probability? But basically, as a joke here, and I had to carry this joke on for a good few episodes. <laughs> I said, yeah, like I'd grow, I'd live in a council house, and I'd send them to like a state school nearby, uh, etc., yeah, to let them know. And then in the daytime or something, I go live in my like mansion or some shit, yeah. And uh, <laughs> this joke's gone on a bit too long, and I think people <laughs> take it seriously. <laughs> so I'm happy to continue the joke, but just just to clarify, like I'd rather send my kids to a private school, and I'd rather them live in a nice house. They grow up with a good quality <laughs> of life because they're more likely to make it mm. somewhere like at least wherever they deem to be successful if they follow that route. See, I'm not really... I, I don't feel strongly about private schools. you two do. I'm not against it. I think I was. it's kind of different for me because my state school I thought was perfectly fine. I had a good education from it. I can't really guarantee this, but I, I don't feel like I would have had a better education if I went to a different school. I'm not saying the education was the best. I, I just think it was more kind of like I did as well as I could have kind of thing. And I, th- I think I was kind of, I don't know, around me, people are, have always been like, oh, yeah, private school. I don't know if you ever got this from like other people, like private schools for like posh people or like for, oh, yeah, for the wealthy people. And then you're not around. Um, I know you said yours is like very diverse and all that. But it's like you're only around those type of kids that can afford to be there. So I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not against it. Say I was living in an area where all the other schools are shitholes, then I'd be like, yeah, cool, come. And I had the money for it as well. Yeah. But if there was like a perfectly fine state school there as well, I'd also be fine with that. I don't know. I'm also kind of like, where do they want to go? I had quite a good idea of what school I wanted to go to when I left school. Was that Was that based on your friends or was it more based on okay this is a good school and i'll go there so there were three schools like that were basically the three options that i could have went to and it was a mixture of friends who went to that school and people who had left the school tended and kind of reputation as well like the school i went to was kind of seen as oh you know that's the good school you you Mm. want to go there so yeah so i guess at that age I don't know if that's normal for people once when they're in year six to kind of know where they want to go. I don't know if it was for either of you two or if you even had those options that I did. Like, Yeah, so I was going to say, um, obviously, usually before you do, you enter a private school, you have, to, you have to give exams. It's a bit like doing it for a grammar school. There's actually an option to do a 10 plus instead of an 11 plus. So I, I did that. So I entered actually in, in year six. And yeah, there were a couple that I, I think actually only applied to two, both for were pretty similar they were both private but yeah once I'd got like once I'd known which school I'd got into or whatever I was I, I knew I wanted to go to the one that I, that I chose so yeah for me I, I decided yeah did you, did you feel pressure like even in yourself like your parents or whoever was paying for it that you felt like you had yeah. to yeah like 
do well and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that there is that added pressure because obviously you're paying X amount for your for your education. So you kind of have to make it worth it to, you know, get the grades or, you know, get somewhere that you, that you should be. So yeah, there was definitely a pressure. I think my parents weren't super pishy, especially like when I, I think I started taking things seriously around year eight, year nine anyway. Like I was like, hey, now let's actually try and get somewhere. So in that way, they didn't need to be overly pressurizing in terms of, okay, do your work and all of that. But yeah, for me, I was always, if, if they're paying so much, then you should really be trying to make the most of it, which is, yeah. I think it was, in the end, it was a good thing. I don't know if for some other people, it might have been like like too much mm. in terms of the pressure. Because yeah. say if you didn't perform, you kind of feel a bit gutted in yourself, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I also feel like you just shouldn't be paying, like generally just shouldn't be paying for education, like at any level. Then don't you think the quality of education will go down all the way throughout? I don't know. Um, this turns into a political matter. May- maybe, maybe, maybe. So you're thinking uni should be free? That's also because I just also don't want to pay for uni. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> there's, there's not much uh, like politics behind that. It should be a lot cheaper in a way. Yeah, it should be cheaper. But the, the thing is, I think uni should be still paid for so that it's not a waste of like resources for the country, I guess. But the thing is, they should provide a bursary to those who aren't financially able to... Or, so oh, that, yeah. Like, instead of... Because currently, I was, I think, one of the last years to get a bursary, which I was lucky. But without my bursary, there's no way I could have made it or my grant. And even my scholarship in the last year as well. So I was like, they need to provide that for people from backgrounds where they can't afford yeah. it whatsoever. 100%. To have a chance instead of them being alone. That is so mad. And the interest rate is literally, you cannot, my days, the interest rate here, like right now, even with my salary, I'm not paying off more than the interest being earned on my undergrad. I'm just like, what? <laughs> but my master's is like slowly going down. Thank God for that. Though, obviously, the interest rate right now is low. Yeah. Obviously, that has other consequences. But basically, like, you'd rather have that paid for and that be a, like a higher tier of education than it just be like, when you make everything free, like obviously this is the opposite of what people would probably expect from me to make university paid for. But if it was at 3K and the people who needed it from the working class backgrounds, middle, lower middle class backgrounds, they get the bursaries of appropriate amounts to get them through it. Assuming they finish uni, then that would be a lot better for not only them, it would be probably a lot better for the general like, generations and in my opinion obviously it, does, it may not work out that way it could be horrible mm. but making it free is like i don't know the quality just goes down in it like because anyone can drop out at any point because there's, there's quite a few countries in europe that do free free education even at university level i know it's not like as reputable as you know uk universities or american universities yeah. and stuff like that but yeah it'll just be interesting to see how they how they manage it yeah, some unis even give you like a grant they'll be free uni and then they'll give you like a, a grant for your living costs. So essentially they yeah. pay you to go to uni. I can't remember which country, but yeah, I've, I've heard I think it was one of the Scandinavian ones. Yeah. So that, that's, yeah, it's a bit crazy. Yeah. I think Germany and I think Belgium that I yeah, know of. Norway. I could be wrong on Belgium, but Norway's here. Yeah. Your Germany seems, I've got like, Germany seems to have the top free universities in a way. Mm. Um, I actually remember in year 12 or 13, whenever we were like applying for universities, like representatives from like a university in the Netherlands came in and gave us a talk about why we should go to a university there. And like with parents as well there. Cause I remember my mom being like, I can't remember if it was free or it was like really cheap. Cause my mom was kind of like, Oh, why, why don't, why don't you think about that? (laughs) Going there for education. (laughs) Yeah. But it was actually, it was a a good pitch anyway. You know what? Wales, I think Wales, if you go into a uni, 
for example, costing 9K, this is based on a flatmate. I think they paid like 6K of your tuition fee per year. So you only had to pay 3K of the tuition fee or borrow that much, whatever it was. So I know Wales did that. So like we had someone from Wales that was going Warwick who lived in my flat. And she basically had that going on. I was like, bro, that's sick, bro. Why, why can't I get that? Why can't mm. the, um, London pay for me to go to Warwick for that much money? Then at my loan, it would be a lot less than everything. But yeah. But yeah, long long story short, I'm I'm probably siding more on the no to sending my kids to private education. To be honest, Aaron, I'd want to see your school and then I'd have to make a more educated guess because if your school is sick here, then... I'll move up down to Rainer Essex here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's not in Rainer Essex, but um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a tough question, but you'd consider it. Yeah, if if it was the best option, like obviously you want to do best for your kids in it. So mm. if it was like the best option, then yeah, I'd definitely consider it. I, I'm actually curious to listen to some of these topics being discussed on your podcast. So now, when you discuss topics like this, this is what I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on. Because there's not many people you could probably have that conversation with. Like, in certain cases, it doesn't end well. That's why I usually refrain from the conversation of this stuff with a lot of people. But I'm actually curious to see what you lot have to say. Yeah, it's actually quite funny on this topic specifically because so it's me, Rishav, and there's a guy called Suraj. And Suraj, he was on my course, so he did economics at Warwick. And funnily enough, he's actually literally just about to start the same, exact same job that I have. So he's same bank, same department same role everything his upbringing compared to mine was completely different so he went to state schools the whole his whole academic career so i think basically we've ended up at the same place where we were just drawing that comparison to say well you know i have forked out however much for my private education and really you know he's done it for free to get to Mm -hmm. the same, same place but i think the point that we kind of raised was Obviously, the education is important, but I think it's a big thing is also your actual background. So your parenting, your your general yeah. attitude to how well you want to do. Yeah, I think that's a big, big sway factor because obviously you can go, you could go to a state school and really smash it and, you know, get to where you want to be. But then a lot of the time, I don't know, I, I've obviously not been to a state school, but I've heard, you know, stories about people are disruptive, like not, obviously not all yeah. state schools are like that, but. You can get people like that, whereas in private school, it doesn't. My experience was that it didn't happen as that common. It wasn't that common because people, everyone was there. They knew that they were paying money and they knew that they needed to get what they need out of this education. So, yeah, I I think the upbringing is like such a big thing. Like, I think my parents instilled into me like really early on that my education, I feel like I, I work so hard more just for like myself and wanting to do well for like myself more than anything. Like I went, like my school was disruptive. There was a load of kids that didn't do well, a load of kids that did do well. But I really think if you, you could have like put me in any school and I would have been motivated to do like well for myself and work hard and yeah. learn, even if the teachers weren't as good, I would like learn the stuff myself to make sure I got like the best grades in the class or whatever. Yeah, so I definitely think the upbringing's like a really massive thing. It's funny you should mention that because I, I so I did my I didn't. Do you know what an EPQ is in yeah. levels? Yeah, yeah. So the extended project qualification. So my topic was actually about this. It was about basically, is it worth it financially to send your kid to a private school? Does it pay yeah. off essentially? Yeah, and, and this is at the private school as well. Yeah, yeah. This is at the private school I was at. So one of the points that one of the like academic journals wrote was. 
the pe- people from state schools tend to do better at uni because obviously university is a way more independent environment. You're kind of hmm. left to your own devices and you have you have to learn things for yourself. And there's no like, and in private schools, you're kind of spoon fed in a way. You're, you're given everything you need and the teachers are, are there for you, whatever you need. So actually, yeah, I found that state school kids did better at uni because of because of that independence, which a lot of private school kids maybe don't have, which was quite interesting, I thought. Yeah. I always wanted to ask you, like, I thought I've never been able to ask, I need to ask some of my other friends here. Basically, I wanted to know you, because at uni, yeah, like, I felt like I knew so much, like, DIY. Like, I didn't know how much, I guess, I thought what everyone would know. So, like, for example, fixing a boiler. I thought that was, like, <laughs> I thought that was like common knowledge or like u- utilizing a washing machine fam. I didn't know this wasn't common knowledge till university. And then people were like, I don't know how to use a washing machine. I'm like, what do you mean you don't? And the people had only used dishwashers and I never had a dishwasher. So I was like, what? You never washed your own plate? Like, <laughs> what is this sorcery? Yeah. So like in second year, we had a lot of like, I guess our boiler kept having issues. But then I taught my house how to like kind of fix it and sort out the thermostat thing. So it keeps the central heating properly working. I don't know how common fixing a boiler is. To be yeah, fair. I wouldn't know how to do that. But I feel like using a washing machine is a bit more okay. But I thought like even you know like how you if you have a central heating yeah like so gas central heating like your heaters basically fill up with water right so yeah um sometimes um if there's too much air in them it's going to cause pressure to build up so you should know how to decompress it by taking the air out of the heaters yeah but apparently this isn't like common knowledge I was like wait like sure like bleeding the radiators yeah. Yeah, I, I thought all of this stuff was common knowledge, but at uni I learned that basically people had never done shit for themselves. Yeah. Like, because one, one of my housemates, the Welsh person, what she'd do, I should have enough pairs of clothes to go a month and then every single month or something or every two weeks or so, her parents would come, take it, go wash it at home, I'm going to bring it back and then they'll just keep alternating clothes. And I was just like... That's that's a common thing, I think. I, I never did that. But I, I think have like that's four a pairs thing. of clothes when I came uni. I was like, I'm putting them in the washing machine like every... Literally every few days, I'm like, am I losing my mind here? What's going on? Yeah, no, that's bad. That's bad. In- independence is, is something people learn at uni, but... Did you know how to use the washing machine and stuff? Like, out of curiosity, like, the, the washing machine? Yeah. Like, turn on, at least turn on a boiler. Like, it doesn't matter about troubleshooting, but... Just basic yeah. stuff, I thought... Yeah, I knew, okay. I knew how to turn it on, but... If I ever have boiler problems, I'll, I'll be coming to you, Hamish. Yeah, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I'm a plumber. I wouldn't say, like, I'm a plumber <laughs> level, but I know enough how to get it working, like, properly. I wouldn't say like, you know, I'm a boiler engineer. Leave that to the professionals. Yeah. The thing is, like some of those things are might not have known, but I just would have like read the instructions or just how yeah, Google did. Yeah, it. I would have figured it out. I don't know. I, I've always wanted to ask people like, did you know how to? I need to ask a bunch of people this before about uni now. I need to. That reminds me. I'm basically going to go on a mission now to just ask random people next time I'm on a call with them <laughs> because I need to know yeah, how many of my friends that I knew knew how to do some of these basic things. But I bet there were things as well. I can't like think of any on my head, but I bet there were things that maybe you didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah There's probably a lot to be honest, but I just thought like... Like I didn't, I didn't really know how to cook before I came to uni. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that I mean, was something I like learned. I'm, I'm saying like a washing machine, but like surely everyone has used the washing machine. I, I can't say I would have washed my clothes at home before uni. Maybe like iron, I knew how to iron oh, my yeah, clothes. Yeah, I, but like, what do you mean? Washing machine, just put your clothes in, put like a tablet in, softener if you use softener, whatever, turn it on to the time or whatever you want, press the button to start. And I also found this out at Hop. So when I went to visit my friends at Hop for sure, I remember there was just like this, basically there was this dopey girl from like, I can't, there's no way to explain it. She basically, 
had one time she broke down the Hoover because she basically was using it to like, I guess, Hoover up super big things. And it basically broke the Hoover. They apparently had incidents with the washing machine and everything. And they had to they had to pay for it. I was like, fam, I can't believe some of the shit I have to hear. Because this shit should be common knowledge. Like, I'm pretty sure a washing machine is self-explanatory as well. You look at it, you literally turn it to like cotton, for example. Stop. How tough is this like routine? But I never, I always wanted to, I need to ask people, as I said, I'm going, after this, I'm going around asking some people, yo, before uni, did you know how to use the washing machine? Did you find it difficult? Because They're going to think you're bare weird, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, Aaron, you're the first person. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> to be honest, I, I'd probably say no. I'd probably say I just figured it out. Like, it wasn't like rocket science or anything. But I'd probably been like, if you asked me before I went to university, like, to write instructions on how to use a washing machine, I probably wouldn't have like I would have guessed like a educated guess, but I probably wouldn't have been able to be like from experience tell you. I don't know if that means because I went to a state school or anything like that though. No, <laughs> I knew I had to do all that stuff. Mm. But yeah, you said it's like a sports school. It was a yeah, it was a very very sporty school. But like obviously, as, as I said, great like like literally every sport pretty much you could do. There was a there was a rifle range, so it within. Oh, okay, that's yeah, that's range. next level. Obviously, we had like AstroTurf for like big AstroTurf, like for hockey, yeah, yeah. tennis. I think like sometimes they went uh, wakeboarding. Like there was an option for you if you wanted to go wakeboarding. Oh, not, not if it's cool. What's wakeboarding? It's like when you like you're pulled by the boat and you're like holding on. Have you seen the videos of Cal Freezy? Oh and yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is the Cal, Cal Freezy videos? That's no, wakeboarding. That's yeah, yeah. So that was an option. So like yeah, just literally everything. So I really like that. I'm, I like racket sports generally. So obviously squash, badminton, tennis, table tennis. So that's that's my forte. But then you know I'm I'm not really a follower of sports. So I don't. I, for example, I don't like follow a football team or a sport team. So I more just enjoy playing rather than watching. I don't know if you guys are the same. I would like to play squash again. What else is there? I'd like to play probably football again, but otherwise I don't really care about sports too much <laughs> i just like to i think i like to play more than watch. i'd watch in certain cases like if a friend was playing you know for team gb yeah. i'd watch the games because you know you gotta su- support the people but then i don't think um especially these days i feel like playing it's just so much more thrilling than watching i think i think i'm like i'm, I'm lazy but i like to play and watch both like mm-hmm. follow football team follow basketball team like to play football haven't really played basketball much but would like to play tennis now and then so yeah and I, I went to like a pretty sporty school as well so and yeah. an all-boys school where like stuff like football and following a football team was like everything you'd talk about kind of thing so mm. yeah sport was definitely like a big big part for me and growing up I, I spoke about this a bit before but like so I went to a catholic school so rugby was like the main sport mm. there rugby was like almost in the first few years was like the main sport and the only sport you could only play rugby you couldn't play football because yeah. rugby like taught you like lessons and stuff like that, like how to be a gentleman yeah. and shit like that. Um, so they didn't even let you play football until like year nine, like have a football oh, wow. team for the school or anything like that. And then cricket, play cricket. Pretty sure I, I was only in the cricket team because I was brown and like, I was the only <laughs> brown kid. I'm pretty. I'm like, I'm like ninety percent sure I was. I was uh, used as a scare tactic to other teams who played. <laughs> I love sport, really. Like, so both of you are, are football fans. Aaron's definitely a football fan. I'll say, like, I know enough to get by in a conversation, but I wouldn't say I follow football as hardcore as Aaron or anything. I wouldn't say I'm a football fan. Okay. 
Yeah, because like, so I, I live with two like fanatics, like Liverpool fanatics in, in my final year. Oh, sorry, sorry, man. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't, I, I, I never really, like maybe when I was a kid, I supported, I think I supported Man U. But like, yeah, yeah. there was no, there was no real reason for me to, like I didn't, like I, I did it because everyone else was doing it. But like, as I grew up, I, I was, I was like, why are people supporting a thing that, they probably have no affinity to the players. Probably don't know who they are. <laughs> and, you know, you're just like you could like people literally like people switch teams to support. I'm just like, how does that? I don't get it. Yeah, like, that that I don't agree with. But but yeah. what what what's the what's the draw in for you to to, oh, to support a team? Geez, Aaron, what is the draw for you? You know, the thing is, I don't even know if I like I can explain this well. I don't. You know, the thing is, you don't look into it too deeply yet. <laughs> just. <laughs> just I, it's, it's, you, you it's broke like, an Aaron. Windows has stopped responding. I don't know. It's just, it's just like following. I don't know. It feels good. So it feels good yeah. to follow something yeah. and want something to happen, like for a team yeah. to win and then for that team to win. Like that's a great feeling when you're like, team wins a game and you like want them to win so bad. Why you want them to win so bad, I don't know. Yeah, it's just yeah, I do. I, I, that's, that's the jump that I don't um, I don't get because like I, you know I see you know, when I was a kid or when I was a teenager, you know, like people were having mad discussions about it and like having big, really big debates and like getting really rude about oh my team's better than yours or we have this player now we're gonna win and it's like you don't even know like you don't know who I just don't really get it. But it's, it's like once you've established that that is your team. <laughs> That is then now associated with you, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So uh, it, at school, like I was, I was actually one of the few Manchester United fans. So yeah. whenever Manchester United would do won't do well, I'd go into school like dreading it, and they would know because Manchester United was like was associated with me, so they would know yeah. that they could pick on me or something or tease yeah. me about the game. Luckily, yeah. it didn't happen too often when I was in school, but mm. it's just <laughs> once you yeah once you establish that connection. <laughs> Is it because I like they're doing in a non-rude way? Is it because like they're doing something at such a high skill level for something you like? Oh, it could you... have been because you wanted like, yeah, kind of like you wanted to be them. Like when I was younger, I wanted to be a football player. So that kind of yeah, why one team? You would want to be like all the teams, for sure. Like all the, all of them are pretty good. I mean, obviously there are better ones, but like, why why not just support the best? I I kind of did to be fair. Like when I when I was growing up, yeah. but I stuck to them. Like I haven't swayed. I guess it's different because Manchester wasn't even like my local team. I guess it's more clear when there are your local team because it's like you're supporting your area mm. and your local. Mm. But even that, I also don't like. Don't get me wrong. I can't, I understand it, but just like you were born there, yeah. out of chance, probably like your parents. Hmm. could have come to Manchester, could have come to Birmingham. So you have no, like you could move and then therefore would you support, like if you move from Manchester to Liverpool and now Liverpool's your local team, does oh, that no, mean? That's, 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 you can't, can't do, do that. that, you can't do that. <laughs> not, Man- not Manchester United to Liverpool, you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, it should be used a different example. Um, but even, I'm sure most people will think I'm being stupid, but supporting your country yeah. I also don't like obviously I I would enjoy watching a game where like England is playing and like yeah, not like good. This is a mm. good game. I don't want to watch it, but 
like people that go really intensely and I don't know, go a bit crazy about supporting their country. Uh, I don't know. I just don't, I don't, you, you could have been born in, in, in Croatia and you could have been enjoying like when England lost against Croatia, you could have been enjoying the other side, but really it's just up to, up to chance the way you're born. Right. So why, why is it? I don't know. I just never really understood it. This is like a hard hitting question. We're going to have to like ask you to come up with some questions for future episodes and just break Aaron down. Yeah, you're making me, you're making me question my entire life right now. Cause football has been, Manchester United has been the one constant. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I was going to say like, like, what if you supported like someone could like say, okay, I know it comes down to chance again. Like for example, people like, you know, I, I use this as a common example. Chunks and Raheem Sterling came from like my area, but I'm always going to support them in whatever they do. And I'm still going to back them. Yeah. Just because, they're examples of people who made it from here. So it's also inspiration to look up to. So like, I guess is that, oh, that's mad. Like you, you basically, even you confuse me, even though I don't support like hardcore, like Man United, like Aaron does, but yeah, right, like, you're making me question my support for certain athletes as well now or like entertainers. Yeah. I just think, you know, just cause I, I get like, oh, you can relate to them a bit more because they went to your area, in your area, they went to your school and they made it or whatever. But you know, there are also players that, went to an equally whatever similar area to you and have also made it but I just don't understand why you would support like I get because you're more familiar with how they grew up and stuff but I don't know I just I just maybe I'm just being stupid I just don't really get what about uh, like the skill level like Hamish said where you can appreciate like it takes a lot of talent yeah to do like what they do especially like the top players yeah yeah no I'm kind I, of just I appreciating think... that and supporting that i think yeah like appreciating a player i'd say uh, supporting a player makes a lot more sense than supporting uh, a team thank god thank god (laughs) (laughs) yeah because you're you know you're especially if they say for example sterling like came from a yeah i I don't know what background but let's say he came from a a rough background where you're unlikely to make it in you know success that he's coming to I feel like yeah, like you know, pushing that is is much more positive. Other people will see, oh look, Hamish is supporting Sterling. Maybe that he's a good role model, or whatever. Like I feel like that to me makes more sense. Yeah, that's like quite interesting because I I work the where I work, we kind of work with like sports organizations and teams and such. And um, yeah. Yeah, we actually mentioned like how F one, so in Formula One, is actually the opposite where you do support people don't support teams in F one like McLaren or Mercedes or Ferrari, they support the individual players, which is opposite to like football or rugby and stuff like that. I know it's a different sport completely, but yeah, no, that is interesting. I I think players, I support players, say a player has played for Manchester United and done really well and then decide to leave. Yeah. I tend to like support that player and like hope they do well and kind of stuff like that. If they haven't left on bad terms, you know. (laughs) Also, your your point about like supporting your local team i mean that's not really like a i don't support my local team so yeah yeah you know some listeners don't want to offend anyone but yeah, yeah. <laughs> supporting your like how many of your players in that team for example if we take man city or man united how many of them are from the local area so it's so a main main night i can actually like vouch for because oh, really? really? we, we've got a really good track record for like playing players from our academy Okay. But Man City, yeah, take them out. Okay. They, they have no one. <laughs> 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 like, 
you're only really supporting your local city in in name. It's just yeah, that is that is true. Because they're Manchester based, but I don't know. You know the country thing, like supporting your country, like yeah. I don't know, like that's made me question supporting England now. You know, like, I don't know why. I, I guess I I don't know if I just followed the player and then I ended up supporting England indirectly through it. But oh, mate, you you actually made me question some shit today, man. I wasn't expecting my brain to go down this route at, at this time on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night thoughts. <laughs> Bloody yeah. <laughs> so football, I was I actually I generally like thought about this the other day because I had a football game on, and I literally did not care who won the game. And it just wasn't that enjoyable to watch because I didn't have any motivation. Yeah. So it's, it's so much more enjoyable to watch a football game, I think, when you are invested in an outcome. Yeah, yeah. So like I you're supporting yeah. one or the other. That's, that's it. But then I feel like it's almost as if you're, 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 you're telling yourself, oh, yeah, yeah. I really want this to win. So it, it becomes more interesting. But, but I do know loads I, of people that like watch football, don't support a team, but they watch it to watch yeah. good football and yeah. they can watch any team in any game. Mm. But I think I was watching some dead teams like Burnley and Watford or something. So it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like that. But no, I, I actually do think a lot of people listening would agree with you, to be honest. Maybe Shut none up. of the football fans, but <laughs> everyone who doesn't like watch football would be like, yeah, yeah, it's totally right. But it applies to all, all sports, doesn't it, though, in general, like the supporting yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still trying to think about the country thing because... What about like tennis? So when Andy Murray's playing... I'll be like, yes, go on, go on, Andy Murray. Like, but you're supporting the player, not his country. But I'm supporting him because he's British. Oh, okay, fair. Although I do like Federer as well, but <laughs> no, nah, um, man, I don't know. I like, I just or like Hamilton. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I'd support anyone. I'd appreciate. Okay, Federer is skilled, very skilled. Wow, I appreciate that. I appreciate the sport, but mm. like, I wouldn't say. Oh, I really have a vested interest for Murray to win because he's from the same country as me. I, I just don't think, I don't know if it makes sense to say that. So do you support individual players or any country at all? Like, or in any sports, if that makes sense? Not really. Yeah. Not like, no, no. I mean, I, I don't follow sports per se, probably because I'm maybe, as you said, I'm not, you know, don't have a vested interest. I don't, I'm not very invested in, in, in a specific yeah. sport, but like I can, appre- obviously I appreciate like, oh, this, this guy is super good. Uh, uh, he should do well, but like getting emotional, I would never get emotional over. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're hurting Aaron here too much. No, no, it's it's, it's, it's a really it's a really like fair. Nice, no, it's, it's honest. Like, yeah, it's a fair point. I just I try not to speak too deeply about it. <laughs> it's fair uh, enough. Well, okay, let me let me ask you a question. We're all Indian in heritage, right? Like you're from yeah. some mm-hmm. part of India. So if it was England v India, who are you supporting? Okay, yeah, in cricket. Back in the day, when I used to, before the match fixing stuff happened, and I used to like cricket, I used to support India. Okay. I don't know why. I just used to support India. Maybe because my dad did, I don't know. But, and I feel like they were also better at the time. And England, everyone in England just seemed pricks here. Yeah? Like they were always being pricks on the field, yeah. Mm. But then in football, for some reason, I've always supported England and Italy, because Italy, Italy was a funny reason. So in year five, I it was like a draw of the it was the World Cup, yeah. So yeah. everyone had to draw um, a country out the oh, hat, okay. yeah. and then at the end you won, won like a football, yeah. So I drew Italy, and they won the World Cup that year. So I always by default support Italy as well. I'm happy if England lose if Italy win. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'd support England, but I'm also saying that because like. I don't know, if England and India played each other at football, I might actually be tempted to be like, you know what, I'd be, it'd be kind of funny if India won. 
Because they're the underdogs. Yeah. And maybe in cricket, I don't know who now is actually the underdog between England and India in cricket, but... But no, but take that aside, just like, who, like... It'd be, it'd be England. It'd be England. England. Yeah. It depends who has the players I follow, I guess, probably, because, yeah, like, I don't think I'm in touch with my Indian heritage as much as I probably should be. Yeah, that's... Because I've obviously grown up very, I guess, British, I guess, for the most part. So I'm just like, the only people that I do kind of follow happen to just be from locally or something. So people I relate to, I don't think I could relate to anyone on the other team apart from my race. So it's just like, I probably end up supporting up England for the most part. Interesting. But like when I, if I was to watch any game of cricket right now, like I can watch pretty much any team. Like, and I just appreciate the thing. Yeah. But on the supporting your country thing as well, like if England won the 2018 World Cup, yeah, we'd yeah. be in paradise. Yeah. <laughs> England would have been sick. Yeah. And yeah. just like everyone would have been so happy. Like, yeah, yeah. And that kind of also makes me like want them to do yeah, well. That's a good point. That's Because like point. everyone no, around I... here would just be living it up. Yeah, no, I, I, I see it because was it when England were playing Croatia? Is that the Euros? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, World Cup. Yeah, when when we scored, I think we scored first, right? Yeah, yeah, free kick. And I was Should watching be, it in yeah. one of those big crowds with like the big screen and literally it, the vibe was just like crazy. Like yeah, yeah. People, people were chucking their drinks at the screen like, yes. So yeah, that is like, wow, that's really exciting. And I get like, it's a nice feeling, but I just think it's a bit, I just don't, I don't know if you can rationalise it. But I, I understand. I genuinely think happened. if England won a major tournament, I'd cry. <laughs> like, I genuinely think I'd cry. Dale's D- like giving up on you already, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was going to ask you, what if you play for, how do you decide if you were to go, say you were like a professional, like you were really sick at squash and you had now a chance to play internationally, who would you play for? Would you play for Kenya, England or India? Ooh, Yourself. And you were given offers by all three. Who would you play for? And does that not affect like the supporting Ooh. thing now? Throw in a spanner in the works. <laughs> that is a unlikely yes, situation. Yes, Come on. <laughs> I really don't know. It, would pro- it wouldn't be based on, oh, I support this country more. Yeah. It would probably be based on this country needs me more in terms of, uh, I, I don't think it would be England because I'm sure if I didn't play for England, there would be some other sick person playing. So it would be other, it would be more of like an act of, mm-hmm. like a, oh, let me go for Kenya because Kenya doesn't have, the, the people that to represent yeah, I rate that so yeah that's a good question eh? I've never thought of it that way but yeah I yeah, I don't understand I rate that response because I think there's I know in a few footballers case that they've actually gone to do, like their actual background mm. I think one is like well, so yeah some some of like coming? switch nationalities like Alex Awobi who I yeah. famously went to school with <laughs> he, he did he was playing for England at like under 20 level but then chose to play for Nigeria there's, there's lots of football players who like kind of change what nationality they play for. Yeah. And you never know whether it's because they want to like represent like the heritage or if it's just because they think they'll get more playing time mm. for the other country than the one that they would do normally. Yeah. A lot of factors. Yeah, it's interesting. It is very interesting. Oh. I think we got a pretty good discussion. Man. I don't know if there's anything else anyone else to touch on. Um, I'm surprised Aaron didn't go into his mentioning of he nutmegged Alex Awobi at school. I mean, that story, yeah, it always brings it up. But yeah, I, I don't like it... to. I don't like to brag, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's it for me. I guess we've had quite a good discussion. Um, you've been a good guest so far. Also, one thing I was going to touch on, like how easy it was to get you on as a guest. Like you just sent me a message one day saying, I'm listening to Yash's episode. It's quite sick. And then I asked, yo, do you want to be a guest? And it was like, yeah. 
That might be one of the simplest transactions we've had. <laughs> Genuinely, like, but yeah, so we appreciate that as well before we kick into the final question. So yeah, now we can start with the final questions. I guess I'll go first and I'll see the first one. The first one is what is one piece of advice you'd give to either you or younger you? For me, I would say don't let like work or academics take up, like don't let it be everything. I think at school or at uni, I think I let it get a lot of my time or a lot of my effort when I could have, you know, done probably just as well. But maybe if I just worked a bit smarter, you know, can can do things that I really enjoyed. So for example, I think I didn't do the year abroad because like when I was applying, I didn't put that into my into my degree because I just thought, you know, let me graduate, get out, get it done and then get into work straight away. Um, but I think going back, I would definitely say take a bit of consideration into into doing things outside of work and yeah, don't push yourself too hard, I'd say. That would, that would be my advice. Yeah, that's good. Second question is one thing you wish you could change in the world. Yeah, this is yeah, quite a, a hard one. question. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to answer it very broadly. I would change human nature. So I think that humans are innately very greedy and very selfish. And I think that in itself has caused a lot of the world's problems. So if you look at, you know, climate change or actual poverty mm. i think just general greed in humans in the way that they think i think those problems could be eradicated or definitely lessened if we as a as a as a race really weren't so we want we always want more things right like it's always something else that we really want so i think eradicating that 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 nature and just kind of being satisfied with what you have it, like especially ha- if you have things yeah uh, is is it's would 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 help a lot of problems yeah no, i agree yeah. i had me thinking for quite a while i almost forgot about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, would, you, would you agree that yeah yeah it's quite true it's very hard to not be it's like everyone cares for themselves first always which is always going to be a thing and then there's i guess contradictory things said in the world where you should always take care of yourself first then take care of others and then there's some saying do others first and then yourself but yeah it's one of the things where there's so many things that it can be confusing for any one individual for to ever decide because no one is that complex of a human. Yeah. Even though the human mind is complex, everything turns into kind of like it's either left or right, basically. I think it's natural. Yeah. Like I'm reading a book at the moment. And it's like humans make their decisions because they want something. Like every decision you make is because you want something in some way or yeah. another. So I think it's just humans just naturally, yeah, naturally greedy. Yeah, exactly. But I just think. I mean, yeah, obviously there are going to be things that you want and you're going to do things in a certain way to get that. But especially just us in us in the West, like, you know, being a bit more satisfied with what you have and obviously still striving for things, but kind of zooming out on your own problems and think, okay, listen, like this kid across, across, the, across the ocean doesn't have X, Y, Z that I, I just kind of take for granted. I just... Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so true. Yeah, the next one is... What has been your most memorable third wheeling experience, if any? Yeah, I think I had one on on the top of my head, so it made it quite relatable to you guys because I think so. The president of Hindi Sock that I mentioned before, <laughs> you know, if you yeah, him, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he he and another guest that you've had on the show. I just remember, like, obviously, I think they started going out when I was when I was a fresher. I think yeah, so. <laughs> Yeah, so me and and obviously they were both on on the exec at the time, 
Um, so as a, as a fresher rep, we were very, we saw them a lot. I think we saw them before and after they started going out. So yeah, I don't know. It was, it was just, it was interesting to see them blossom. And yeah, that's, that was quite memorable for me. You know, he studied the same course as us and he, we were like third wheels to them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, was he in your year as well? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. That was our yeah, brown, that was, that was our brown comp size squad. Yeah. You say our, Aaron. I mean, your, you mean yours. I mean, I was a king, yeah, but. Move it on, move it on. We have a call out. So anyone, anyone you'd like to nominate, call out to become a guest on Third Wheel? Can I have multiple people? Or is it just, Go for it. Just, yeah. So first one is obviously mentioned him on the podcast. So Rishav, Rishav, he is the one that I am hoping to start up the po- our podcast with. So I think he, he's got a lot of interesting things to say. He's a, would be a great guest, I think. And then another call out would be for Vishay. So he's one of our, like mine and Rishav's uh, mutual mates. Also got a lot of stories, I think would be quite interesting to share. And I would definitely recommend having him on. Awesome. Yeah, we will reach out to both of them. Great. And the last section is basically a shout out section. So you can kind of like shout out something on social media, whether it's Spotify, you know, a charity, a person, wherever you want, you can shout out multiple things if you want. Um, including your upcoming podcast, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So, Aaron, um, I'm I'm gonna yeah, my mind's a bit of a different one. Gonna shout out a kind of I don't know if people are interested in. So, I really love biopics, like films and TV series. So they're like TV series and films which are using like actors and actresses to like replay p- past events, like real life past events. So like. The social network about like Facebook is one, for instance, or Steve Jobs movie or something like that. But there was one that my mom watched and she recommended to me and I watched it recently on BBC iPlayer called the, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it right, the Salisbury Poisonings, which I didn't actually know too much about. It's from like 28, the series I think is this year, but a town in England, Salisbury, there was like a massive like poisoning scandal that happened in 2018. And it actually seemed like pretty big and I didn't really like know much about it if at all i know it's like a i think it's four episodes or something it's just yeah quite a few faces you might recognize in it but it's it's good like interesting watch to like even yeah. just learn about it if you haven't heard heard about it um so the salisbury poisonings on bbc iplayer go check that out based on what you said earlier i'm gonna go ahead and shout out unicef um if any, anyone's got any spare pee lying around which i assume a lot of us in lockdown do just go donate a little bit to unicef providing clean water in places where you can't exactly get a lot of clean water. So yeah, might as well make it on a on another positive note. Yep. And yeah. And yourself, Dil? Yeah, so two things. First thing along the line of charity. So there's a there's a a kid called I don't know you might have seen it, it's called his his name is Veer. V E E R. And he's been he's been diagnosed with some rare condition. I think it's to do with blood. I don't know a lot about it, but um, essentially his parents are the, the point of their campaign, of his parents' campaign, um, is to reach out to all Asian people from the ages of 16 to 55, I think, because there's not a lot of donors that have the correct blood for the, for this condition. And I think recently they received some news that he's got only a few months to find the correct donor, the okay. correct person to be donating. So I'd like to shout out, you know, their campaign. I'll, I guess, 
and maybe if you can put a link or something yeah um, yeah they have an instagram page and it's really all you have to do is order like a test kit not a test kit but a kit and you literally just i think you swab your mouth or something i've done this i did it quite a while ago and then you just send it off and then they can identify from that if you if you're the right person but yeah it's just really sad like he's he's such a young kid he's he's i think he's like four or five years old and to be dealing with that at that age is is it's a bit crazy so yeah i just thought i'd shout that out raise some awareness yeah no, i respect that Kid, kids don't have a choice of what they born into and yeah what they end up suffering from so yeah i've usually been one of the people that also like to support stuff for kids so yeah we all do but yeah yeah you said you had another shower as well yeah the second one was actually for, for a song so I don't know if you've heard the artist called Riz, Riz Ahmed. Yeah. So have you seen the film Four Lions? Have you seen that film? No, but I've heard of it. And this is okay. all because of the big nasty show. Okay. <laughs> so he's, he's the guy, he's like the main character in that. So he, he's like a actor, artist, does, does everything. Um, and recently he released an album called The Long Goodbye. And the first song on that is called The Breakup. Um, and I think it's such a, it's like a, it's a mad song because it talks about how basically Britain colonized India and the story behind it and how it worked and all in like a one kind of rap. Um, so definitely it's called the breakup Riz Ahmed. I definitely, it's really interesting to listen to if you're, you know, from whatever part of the world, super interesting. So yeah, that's, that's why I shout out. No, I didn't know he made music. He's, he's a, he's a good rapper, I'd say. Yeah, no, definitely have to check that out. Yeah, and that's that's about it. Thank you so much, Dil, for coming on. We uh, really appreciate it. I think uh, definitely raise some questions for me to sleep over, <laughs> maybe cry as well. Um, <laughs> we will check out, keep an eye out for your hopefully podcast coming soon. Watch that space. And yeah, anything else either of you want to add? Yeah, shout out to Dil really for coming on and discussing the pretty important topics. So yeah, and just on the final note, make sure you check out that link to for Veer in case you have a matching thing. I know a lot of the people that probably listen to this are Asians. So if, unless you have a medical condition or also that a reason that you can't actually donate, go get it. Go get that kit. Get it sorted. Yep. Awesome. And I guess we'll just speak to you all next week. All right. See, see you guys. Right. Have a good day. Bye. See ya. Bye.